Hello, my name is Danny Flood. Thank you so much for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for personal knowledge and growth, optimizing your life and taking it to the next level. And I'm here today with my friend Kevin Wilk. Uh, Kevin, hello, how are you? Hey, Danny. Great to be here. Uh, Kevin's mission is inspiring, teaching, supporting, and empowering people to transform their lives. And uh, you teach people how to make, you say, 5000 to 10000 per month uh, doing online marketing for local businesses. Um, uh, yes, exactly. Could you tell me a little bit about you and uh, Nitro Marketing? Uh, sure. Uh, myself... Um... The uh, quick story is, uh, I think to like understand my motivation, why I do what I do, is looking at how I grew up. I was a uh, grew up on a farm in a small town in Iowa, and seeing my parents struggle financially um, and what that caused for them, where they eventually lost the farm, got divorced, and how it affected uh, them and, my, uh, and our family. Fortunately, it gave me a lot of motivation to not experience that as an adult when I was older and, and for me and my family. And I just was given the gift of being motivated to be successful in life, to avoid what I saw growing up. So I uh, started my first business when I was 12 years old, selling used golf balls on the backyard of the farm. And then when I was in college in 1996, this internet thing uh, came out because they, the very first web browser started. I thought this fad they called the internet might stick around, and I should figure out a way to make money with it. So ever since 1996, for a long time, I've done a lot of stuff online. And Nitro Marketing actually started in 2001, and we've done quite a few things since then. But for the past five years, my focus has been, has been on local online marketing because there's this major shift that... Uh, has gone on where n people no longer use traditional ways to find businesses like yellow pages, newspapers, dial packs, those type of things. Instead, if you need to find a dentist or a chiropractor or a roofer or a plumber or any of those things, you go online and you search for it. So all these businesses know they need to market themselves on the Internet, but they don't know how. They don't want to learn how. They just want somebody to do it for them and solve their problems for them. So I saw that opportunity five years ago. I jumped in. I was the, uh, the first people to start really talking about that as a new way of making money online. And it has been a huge success. Out of all the things I've, I've personally done and I've taught and helped and other people do, this has created the most success stories, which for me is the most meaningful aspect is, yeah, making a, a great income and having a, a lot of freedom in life is amazing. But if I can also help other people do the same, where they go from working a job that they don't like and commuting every day and watching their kids grow up without being there for them and feeling stuck in life with no greater future ahead of them, to leave all of that and be able to work from home, doing what they love, uh, being there for, with their family and their, their kids, having unlimited uh, potential for the future when their time, their money, the freedom that they have, I mean, that is creating true transformation in people's lives, and that is uh, a great gift that I've been given is to help people do that. It's worth more to you than money, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, when those stories come in, and I mean, it, it's very touching because 
you're not just helping somebody make money, you're helping them create the life that they always dreamed of having but never thought they could have. Yeah. And then it's a radiating effect because they're successful by helping other business owners be successful as well, which means those business owners, instead of laying people off and struggling, they're now growing their business, hiring more people, creating greater opportunities in the communities that they serve. So I feel we all get to be a part of the change this world needs, this economy needs, by helping small businesses grow and be more successful. And there's such a need for it right now, especially with the economy changing so quickly and all these jobs that people aren't really qualified for because it's all changing so quick. And I think what's great about your type of business in particular is that it doesn't require a whole lot of capital or even credentials to start and begin making money. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as you have some fundamental knowledge of how, like, online marketing. So if you've been out there studying any kind of programs about online marketing, you're already going to know more than 99% of the people out there, which means if you know more what needs to be done and how to go out and get it, get it done, even though you're not the expert at it, in business owners' eyes, you are an expert because you're much further down the path than they are. And then we teach people how to outsource the work. So you're not the one sitting there doing the, like the manual labor of online marketing, of SEO and social media and mobile marketing, all these things. Instead, we rounded up the best outsourcers, outsourcing companies that are already experts at doing those services. So you go get a client. They might be paying you 1000 1500 $2,000. And you are up to like $5,000 on a monthly reoccurring basis on a retainer. And then you're getting the work done for a fraction of that cost. And everybody wins. Your clients are happy because their business is growing. They're getting more, more customers. You're happy because you're getting this great reoccurring income. And you are outsourcing the work to people that are experts at doing that and still have a lot of money left over for yourself. So let's just say a, a great business model for everybody. And I really want to delve into that, into this interview. Um, but before I do, I wanted to go back to you for a second. Uh, you started, you personally started three of your own businesses before you started Nitro Marketing, right, that you failed with? I think it says on your website. <laughs> yeah. Could you tell me about so, a few of those experiences? Well, I mean, I got started in 1996 back, like I said, when the Internet just came out. Okay. Absolutely having no idea what to do. <laughs> and... <laughs> And is that, is no that AOL? Were you using America Online back then? Uh, 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 yeah. I, I actually never got on American Online. Uh, <laughs> uh, my first website was actually on this uh, free uh, service called WebSpawner. It Web could Spawner. possibly be the ugliest website uh, you'd ever seen. It was horrific. <laughs> but there's nothing back there. To, there's no training programs. There's no information. There's no systems to follow. So it's all trial and error. And unfortunately, there's way more error for, uh, than success for me. <laughs> but after a few years, I was very fortunate to get a couple mentors in my life, two, um, two people in specifically, that saw more in me, the potential that I had, than I saw myself. And they started to give me the guidance that I needed. They started giving me the um, encouragement and the accountability. And it took several years from 
my first year out of college, I graduated in 1999, I made a decision to do this online thing full time. So I never went out and got a job. Unfortunately, I wasn't making any money online either. So that first year out of college, between my business and two part-time jobs that I had on the side, I made less than $5,000 a year. $5,000 a year? For the whole year, yes. Ooh. <laughs> kind of hard to live on that. <laughs> Were you in your parents' basement or something like that? Uh, no, I was in a uh, tiny uh, shoebox of apartment in the not-so-great part of Arlington, Texas. Uh, basically, well, not basically, I living on uh, debt, credit cards. I mean, I bought groceries on my credit cards. I uh, used the, um, those little uh, cash advance checks to pay my rent some months. And, and that only lasts so long until the credit runs dry and it's all maxed out. And I can still remember the day that that happened. It was a defining point in my life is... When the credit card statement came, saying, Kevin, you're now maxed out on this credit card as well, which meant I had no more options left to me. I could even go buy food for myself from that point forward. <laughs> and I freaked out, uh, obviously. So I, one of my part-time jobs was driving to Subway stores and about doing an evaluation. And I got paid $30 for every store I went to. So I jumped in my car. And Were you like a secret shopper? Uh, no, I was um, an actual evaluation. So okay. they're all franchise-owned, so the corporate office needs somebody to go in there and make sure they're following proper policies and procedures. So that was my job. So I jumped in my car during rush hour traffic, and within, I'm on the highway, and within five minutes, I smashed into the car in front of me and totaled my car. Oh, my God. So I made it what seemed like a uh, hopeless situation, even more hopeless. Because the only option I had, which was to drive around through these stores, is now taken away from me as well. And Back in those days, did you feel like there was this dark cloud of bad karma following you around? Uh, I wouldn't say that, because yeah. I was always optimistic about, the, about the, the future. I always believed that I was meant to be successful. Mm -hmm. But when I got home, like, I'm sitting in this crappy apartment, no money, no options, no car, no nothing, no success yet online, and just, like, <clears throat> asking myself, am I meant to be successful in this? Or should I just do what everybody else has done, all my other friends from college, and, and do the, the logical thing, the smart thing, and give up on this crazy dream of having my own business and just go get a job and just accept that that's what my path in life is really meant to be, or should I keep moving forward despite what the world is telling me, like all this fact is saying, Kevin's not meant for you, but my hopes and dreams are saying I was meant to be successful, and I had to make a choice, and the choice obviously I made was my hopes and dreams are more important than anything in life, but I also realized up until that point I was just playing around in business, I wasn't doing the business. I was kind of going through the motions, but I wasn't fully committed to do whatever it took. When was the, the single moment that it all changed and that you had that, that breakthrough? Was there a single I, moment or was it just uh, I'd say it's two moments. Two the moments. first one was when I was sitting there and I like had to decide what was I going to do. Was I really going to move forward at 100% or was I going to give up and go get a job? 
And uh, so that was the first one, is making that decision and commitment that I was going to do whatever it took, that my hopes and dreams, no matter what, um, was going to win out. I was going to figure out how to make it win out. And then it took a few months. So fortunately, the car that uh, was totaled that I got a check for like $1,000 for, uh, when I went to go get it fixed or checked out, they said it was a total. The, uh, the radiator's fine. So I got it fixed for a few hundred dollars. So the, the difference between what I got for my total car and getting it fixed was enough to cover the rent and buy groceries for that month. <laughs> it gave me a little breathing room. And for the next few months, I I just uh, hustled to just do whatever it took to make ends meet. And it was one day when my other time job that I had was walking door to door, sticking yellow post-it notes on people's doors <laughs> to uh, have them call into this uh, phone center where they booked an appointment to have somebody come out and sell them a $5,000 water filter. A water filter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but my job was getting paid $7 an hour walking door to door, sticking these post-it notes on people's doors. But I thought it was great because I wore, uh, I mean, this was a long time ago, so I wore uh, my uh, Walkman cassette player and listened to cassettes all day long of motivation, personal growth, business and marketing, and just uh, educate, like just feeding my mind with a lot of great positive information. Sure. And one day when I was out there, it just all finally clicked, and I got an idea for my first product. What and was your first product? All these, what was that? What was your first product? Uh, <laughs> so I was, uh, like a lot of people, my first ex- uh, entry into being an entrepreneur was through network marketing. And it was a, a classic guy from out of town with a uh, suit and tie, briefcase and whiteboard, drawn circles on the board. I was mesmerized. <laughs> and I was all in. All that Robert How Kiyosaki I- passive income stuff, right? Yeah. Multiple streams of yep. income and, you know, look at how big this pyramid can get, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, I was hook, line, and sink all in. <laughs> the only problem was I was an extremely shy, quiet, uh, low self-esteem kid back then in college. So the idea of going and talking to people was beyond frightening. So that way of doing the business was not was wasn't going to work for me. So that's what led me online is I figured, well, maybe I could find people on the Internet who are interested in this as well. So over time, I got really good at generating leads of people that are interested in a business. But uh, you actually have to talk to people, those people still. So I generate hundreds and hundreds of leads every single month of people that are interested in this uh, business I have. But I was terrified to pick up the phone and talk to them. And this big aha, I was like, I had this great, valuable thing that I figured out, which is how to generate leads online were for a cost of about five cents each. So uh, way back in the day, there's a site called GoTo.com, and it's the first pay-per-click search engine to ever come out. Eventually, they renamed themselves to Overture, and then that was bought by Yahoo, and then it became Yahoo's pay-per-click search engine. But before there was Google or anything else, there was GoTo. And back then, people thought it was um, a sin to be able to buy a position in a, in a search engine. And myself, I saw this huge opportunity. So I'm like bidding on keywords like home business opportunity for like two cents a click. Wow. 
and I'm generating leads for like five to ten cents a lead if people are interested in my thing. Is this a uh, good old days? As so. I look back, is this <laughs> insane on what was uh, going on? The good old days of AdWords and paid ads, <laughs> huh? <laughs> so what I realize is there's probably other people that would love to know how to do what I'm really great at doing, which is generate leads online. So I created my first uh, training program that taught people how to do that. So through your, my, uh, through your current iteration with Nitro Marketing, you also have a local internet marketing association too. That's yours also, right? Yes. Um, how many people have you helped teach up until this point? Uh, I mean, in the local marketing side, we've had probably close to 10,000 people go through our training programs. Okay. And uh, a whole lot of success stories, too? That was the, the thing that most excited me when I first came out with local marketing. Mm -hmm. Because up until that point, this was 98 or, or 2008-2009, getting started online was difficult. You had to learn all these skills, become good at all these skills. It might take a year to two years to really start seeing any kind of success. And when I uh, first uh, taught people how to do local marketing, all you had to do was start going out and talking to just a couple of business owners and collect a check. And within a couple of days, you could be making a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I think so with, with first... uh, I think with most online marketing, when you sell ebooks and stuff for thirty dollars, you got to know how to drive traffic, you got to know how to do copywriting, you got to know how to set up a website. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot for someone to take in, but you're saying that you could just, uh, as long as you know more than 99% of people, you can you can just knock on someone's door and collect a check. Is that, that's right, basically? Yeah, I mean, if you know what to say and how to present it, yeah. and then how to, um, to, to sell it to a business owner, and then once they sign up, how to actually go out and fulfill it. Back then, we didn't have outsourcing. Now we do, so it's much easier. So within our first 30 days, uh, almost 25% of the people that were in our uh, trading program were already making money, which in the world of like teaching people how to do something, a 25% success rate is uh, completely unheard of. Yeah. It's more like a couple percent success rate. Because most people, they don't actually like follow up on the, the material, or it's not... Maybe not so practical, I think, right? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. I think what made this uh, work so well is compared to everything before that, like you were saying, uh, you had to be a copywriter and be good at driving traffic and creating sales funnels and mm. setting up autoresponders and technology and WordPress. There's like all the stuff they had to become good at. Yeah. And now that was all removed. And all you had to be good at, you didn't even have to be good at. You just had to be willing to go out and talk to a couple of business owners, say the right things, and they're going to want you to help them. And they'll pay you to, to help them. So it removed all these barriers that were always there to be successful online and simplified into something that if you're willing to actually do something, it, you could go out and do it and see money quickly. And so these businesses that you uh, recommend people target, 
I, I see you mentioned a lot of home-based businesses such as roofers and landscapers um, and also ones with high-value leads such as dentists and chiropractors. Um, what are some of the best ways you've you found or that you teach people to reach clients for these services? Well, the first step is what you said is make sure you're targeting the right types of businesses. So there's two factors that make that on how you can evaluate a business. First is how much is a new customer worth to that business owner? So like a roofer, uh, if somebody comes to them and they need their, their roof uh, uh, redone, that's going to cost four or $5,000 or more. Uh, if you go into a dentist and there's something wrong with their teeth, that could run several thousand dollars. So ask yourself, what is a new customer worth to that business owner? Because if a new customer is worth a couple thousand dollars, you only need to get them a couple clients, and the amount that they're paying you is they're already generating a huge ROI. They might be paying you $1,500, and after a couple clients, even less than one a week, they're already making a significant return on their investment. So it makes your job easier to produce results to that business. And then the second is, is it a, an industry where people are actively looking online for that what that business has to offer? So there's tons of people always looking for, for uh, plumbers and dentists and chiropractors, and there's literally hundreds of industries that fit this criteria. But let's say you... Um, are trying to help a, uh, a hairstylist. Well, a new customer to them might be worth $50. And there might not be a lot of people searching for like a new hairstylist at any given time. So to be able to generate a significant amount of new business and cash for that uh, hairstylist is extremely difficult, if, all, if not almost impossible, if you want to be paid a, a high premium of $1,000 or more. It's also more competitive, would you agree? Uh, I mean, some industries are more competitive than, than others, definitely. Mm -hmm. So then the, your, your next question that you asked was, how do you go out and find and approach those? And my recommendation for somebody that's brand new is start where it's easiest, which is people that you already know. And we give uh, our students a uh, simple copy and paste email that they can send out to people that they already know that have a business, um, letting them know that they're making a transition in their life, they're moving this a uh, new direction, and they'd uh, love to sit down and talk to them about it. Do you recommend doing it for free for a friend first? Uh, <laughs> I, I'd say it depends on the person's level of confidence. If they're a high-confident person, then that might not be necessary. If they're not as confident yet, then I think they should definitely do that. They're not for free, right. but do it at their cost. So that way the person they're doing it for um, has some sort of investment, but they still feel like they're getting a great deal, and they give you more leeway if, you, if it doesn't work out exactly the way it should from uh, the very beginning. Or you can do it a barter with them. You do this uh, marketing form, and they give you whatever they do in return. Free pizza. But then you can. We also give people a, a, a separate email to send out to the people they know, asking for referrals. So who do you know that has a 
that is a dentist or who has this type of business or whatever. Because everybody know like, they are going to local businesses on a regular basis to get things done in their house uh, for their health or for services that they need. And it's very easy to get referrals <clears throat> to go out and talk to. And I think um, another huge sticking point for a lot of people is probably trying to figure out how to price, I guess. Um, you obviously have to be able to present enough value and demonstrate that they're getting return on their investment uh, if you want to charge $5,000 a month, right? Yeah, we, we teach a consultative sales model okay. where you don't want to be viewed as somebody like out there selling a commodity that everybody else is doing because then it's all going to come down to price and the lowest price provider wins. Right. Instead, you want to be viewed as their their marketing partner that has their best interests in mind, they can trust and count on. Uh, so it comes down to that, that consultative sales of starting out by asking the right questions. So that business owner is going to have pain points that they're experiencing in their life and in their business. So identifying what those are and having them share what those are. So uh, a big one is they just don't feel like they're getting enough consistent customers on a regular basis. Um, so they're always like hustling to get, get more customers and to grow their cash flow and to make sure they meet payroll. They feel like they can't grow and expand. They want to move, uh, like get another truck or move in another location. So they have these uh, pain that their pain points that they have in their life. And they also have opportunities they want to go out there and capture and take advantage of. And then there's going to be things that they're really great at, that they feel is their strengths in their business or as a business owner. And you want to get clear on what those are. So then now you know how to actually present what you have to offer that's going to solve their problems that they have, empower them to capture the opportunities that they are passionate about, and leverage their strengths as a business and a business owner by the services and solutions that you can provide for them. So now you're viewed not as just some vendor with a, uh, a, ser like a service just like everybody else, but you're viewed as somebody that's there on their side that they can count on that can provide the solutions to the problems and opportunities that they're presented with right now. Kevin, can I ask you something? Sure. Uh, would you say that some of these business owners have kind of an action threshold? Uh, you know, I, I, I was in this line of work a little bit, too, and for two years I was in one of these business referral groups, you know, where a lot of people, they have, like, 50 different types of people from all different business types, and uh, they don't, like you said, they don't know marketing, so they just um, rely on word of mouth, and they go to these meetings, you know, uh, at 7 a.m. every week, and, um, like, maybe they, they feel like, uh, like marketing isn't actually going to work, or it's, you know, maybe they've been had bad experiences with other people, and I'm, I'm sure every single, there's hardly a single business owner out there that's been in business a while that hasn't had a bad experience with some marketing person. Um, and so I think feel like, you know, maybe they, if they're like on the fence or, you know, you, you can try to build a relationship with them, but the sales cycle takes a really long time, you know, and, uh, you know, how, how do you get, how do you get past that? If they're, you know, if they kind of stay on the fence or they're, they have, they're resistant. Yeah. 
Uh, I'd say the first thing is it's a, a third criteria that I didn't mention. Okay. But it's an important one is you need to make sure that they're already spending money on marketing right now. Because okay. if they're not spending money to market their business online, offline, someplace, that means they haven't bought into the, uh, the thought process that to spend money marketing to make more money and grow my business. It's a very, like, for you and me, that makes very much common sense. But if a business owner hasn't bought into that mindset, then it's very difficult to convince them. You first have to convince them that they need to spend money to make money. Right. And that's a very difficult thing to do. You'd, I, not something that I would want to do, you'd want to do. So no, they're not, not the kind of person you don't want to work with those kind of people that aren't actually marketing. Yeah, because they're going to count every single penny. They're going to question everything you do. They're just going to be a bad client with full of a lot of hassle and frustration for you. I've noticed the same thing, but it's it's a little bit similar. Uh, if it's if it's ever an entrepreneur that doesn't have anyone actually working for them, you know, like on a full time salary or dependent on the company for their livelihood, chances are you're not going to get any money out of them. Um, you know what I mean? Like, because I get approached by a lot of people that want to start a business, you know, and they need help, you know, with their website and all this other stuff, but they don't have actually have a you know, stable full-time employees or anything like that. And I feel like, you know, they're, they're never profitable to work with. Better just to refer them to someone else, right? Yeah, I mean, we have, an, in my own uh, agency, like, specific criteria on what size they need to be. So if they're, like, a solo entrepreneur, that's, like, the guy that was good at doing the service, and now they decide to go on their own and start up their own business uh, where they're they have a business doing the service and not them working for somebody else. That is also not a good client because they're not big enough yet to handle the newfound opportunity we'll put their way. And they also haven't like grasped the business mindset yet. They're still in kind of like the technician mindset. Right. So we want somebody that's big enough so they have a, a team of people, a handful of people are working for them. And they're actually thinking about their business like a business person would, not like a, a technician that's doing the service would. Gotcha. And, um, Kevin, what about a lot of these, like, cookie-cutter services out there, such as Vistaprint and GoDaddy Website Builder and a lot of these big companies that mass market to business owners, uh, you know, promising them online marketing services, but it's a lot of like, templated stuff. Uh, how, how would you position yourself against these kind of big competitors? Oh, my experience is if they have been working with one of the, uh, the larger companies, almost guaranteed what's being done for them is horrible. And they're getting poor results from them. <clears throat> Which means that's like a positive and minus. The positive is they're already sold that they need to be doing stuff online. They're already starting to make a investments and commitments and doing things in that, that area. So they're already pre-sold on that. Uh, the downside is you have to build that level of trust with them that you're going to be different than what they're already doing because they're not happy with what they're already using. 
So the world, like when I first got started, obviously I started back in 2008, 2009, it, it was more about educating businesses on what they need to do. Now, it's so common. Like they know they need to be online. They're, 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 they know enough about it that they're already educated. And like you said, they've probably tried one or more uh, people in the past. May or may not have been a good experience. So we're in the world, the, uh, the evolution of the business model, where it's about building trust with that business owner. They trust you that you're going to be different. That they can count on you to actually uh, to deliver the results that they're looking for. I think Evan Pagan uh, mentioned an anecdote once when he said uh, you have to build up enough trust or enough of a relationship to the point where you know you could go over to a friend's house and say, go to their kitchen and say, hey, can I borrow a hundred dollars? And they're like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. Um, and it was kind of like a parable for for the kind of trust and the relationship you want to build with your clients, I guess. Um, how would you get, like, let's say you find some business on uh, AdWords or something. How would you kind of build that personal relationship from that point? Like, uh, I don't know, if you find a business that you want to reach out to and you, you send them an email, uh, what would you recommend? Uh, I mean, there's a number of things that you can do and that we would do is, one, you want to position yourself as an expert in the marketplace. So your site looks professional. You have, if somebody opts into one of our um, uh, marketing funnels, they're going to get a, a series of follow-up emails that uh, educates them about what we have to offer, what they need to be doing, that's making us look like an authority in the marketplace because we are putting a high quality information out there. And now eventually they might uh, be interested right away or it might take a couple months before they're interested. So that's one is putting out there like educational marketing materials and getting people into a, uh, an automated funnel to stay in touch with them. Another one is using software that there's a, a number of good like reporting or uh, report analyzer software where it goes and analyzes what they're doing already and shows them what's working, what's not working for them, and it creates this clear uh, marketing report about the realities that the, their online presence looks like. And now you are not like everybody else. You have this proprietary system where you're able to analyze what they have going on and educate them about their business when it comes to their online marketing. And if they use it or, or if they sign up with you or not, they're going to leave from that experience um, for, as, a, as a positive. They got value, a greater value exchange out of that, even if they never did business with you. I can see how that would be very compelling. <clears throat> what what uh, report analyzer do you recommend? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot out there. If somebody's a member of our uh, local internet marketing association, it comes with the uh, Nitro ranking report where they can put in a business owner's phone number or they can even integrate on their website and a business owner 24 hours a day can enter their, their phone number and it'll instantly generate a report that analyzes their online presence for them. Okay, gotcha. And that's just that uh, 
Local Internet Marketing Association.com. Is that right? Uh, oh. oh no, LocalIMA.org is the uh, okay. short version of it. Okay, gotcha. How much is that membership? Uh, the uh, gold membership, uh, I think if you sign up directly at the site, it's uh, $99.95 a month. So it comes with the report analyzer, comes with a monthly newsletter, uh, an interview see where uh, I interview somebody that's making six figures a year in this business and they share how, uh, trained webinars, a whole resource library, and some other done-for-you materials. Okay, gotcha. And that's localima.org, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So um, you said local marketing has changed over the time, and what do you think is most important to focus on now going forward? The shift that, that I've made and I've been talking a lot about here lately is in the beginning, what most people do is they're like this general practitioner is they're going to offer this whole suite of services to any business owner that shows up. So they have the uh, carpet cleaner and the dentist and the chiropractor and the plumber, and they're doing all these different things for them. And that was a great way to get started. But I, where I'm seeing the marketplace going now is specialization. So instead of being a generalist where you're trying to do everything for everybody, which means you're eventually becoming commoditized and the lowest price provider is going to win, is becoming specialized where you pick an industry that you want to be the, the uh, go-to person in that industry. So let's, let's take dentists. So now your focus is doing the best online marketing for dentists. So your website is going to talk through only to dentists. You know what their pain points are. You know what their, uh, what they, their desires are. And your site is speaking directly to them in their language. And all your marketing is speaking to dentists. And then your service offerings tie directly into what dentists want. And without even talking to them, you are already at a higher level of uh, trust and authority than anybody else out there because you position yourself as an online marketing expert for dentists. So that's where I see things are going is becoming a specialized in the area that you focus on and then focusing on things that build trust in the marketplace because at the end of the day, that's the key factor now that business owners are looking for is who can they trust um, with their online marketing efforts. Kevin, how would someone go to one of those niches and find uh, compelling content that they can use uh, for those types of industries? Like, um, you know how there's a certain, like kind of a secret language in each industry? Like exactly, yeah. Golfers, for example, you know, they have all their own slang and uh, if you wanted somewhere to start and you wanted to start creating content to position yourself as an authority, uh, what would you recommend? Uh, so I think one of the easiest ways to learn it is two things. One, <clears throat> go in to see who's already doing well in that industry. So if you pick Dennis and you live in Dallas, Texas, I would just go see what are the top sites that are advertising in Dallas, Texas for dentists? What do they look like? What are they, what are they doing? Take notes on that. 
And then I would, as soon as possible, do a um, either in-person or the phone survey of five business owners in that industry and just have a conversation with them, uh, not with no intention to sell anything, just to better understand their world. So you're kind of doing the consultative sales model, but to find out what's going on in their world, to identify those pain points, to identify what's important to them and the language that they're using um, that's unique to their industry. So we, uh, I mean, we actually have a, an eight-week program that we walk people through on how to go in and dominate a uh, local niche industry. So week one is identifying your niche and then doing the research for your niche. Gotcha. And then from that, you identify the, uh, the pain points that that niche uh, has, which is then going to go into all your marketing, your presentations, and how you, you package and sell your services. Gotcha. Are, are you familiar with uh, Dane Maxwell? teaches uh, how to set up a software business? Uh, yeah, I know uh, Dane uh, pretty well. I've never gone through his training, so I'm not as familiar with that. Oh, okay. Well, I know he teaches something real similar. Uh, he calls it idea extraction, where he'll call up, uh, you know, five to ten people in an industry and and say, you know, what's the biggest challenge you have right now? You know, what problems are you facing? And, uh, you know, if I could create a piece of software that could do such and such, would you be willing to pay $500 a month for it? Would you say it's kind of similar to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> You can uh, shortcut things so much by just having a handful of conversations with actual business owners. And if you're new in this this industry, I think that's one of the most important things that you should be doing is getting as many conversations in with business owners as you can as quick as possible because you're going to learn so much from that process. You're going to learn the reality that they're living in right now and what they really want and are looking for. And how would you approach them and get them to agree to, to come on the phone with you? Uh, well, again, I mean, you can start with people that you already know. Okay. And give them a reason why is, hey, I'm making this uh, transition in my life. Um, I really see this need that business owners need a, a trusted uh, support supplement for online marketing. I'm really passionate about that. I'm passionate about this industry uh, of this. And I'd love to uh, um, talk with you for 30 minutes to see what your what would be most beneficial to you. Um and what you're looking for when it comes to online marketing, what, what you've done in the past, what's working now. And then when I'm done with my research, I'll be happy to share what, what I've found and what I think is going to be the most uh, beneficial uh, for you. So you have a reason why you're doing it. Gotcha. And you can use whatever reason why. And then you have the benefit to them to be willing to do this. People are always interested in ideas and how they can run their business better. Yeah. Yeah. Very and if you show up uh, kind of a bit humble that you are making this transition, but there's a reason why, and you, you have this greater future that you're going after, I mean, they were there in the beginning as well at some point or another, where they were that entrepreneur starting out in a new direction in life, and in some place, they're going to have a place in their heart for somebody else's life. And if they can give 30 minutes of their time, to help that 
out to give them some insider feedback, then uh, they're in, in essence back to the next wave of entrepreneurs going out there. Entrepreneurs are some of the most supportive people, huh? <laughs> I mean, we know what it's like to uh, to struggle and get started. Yeah. I think and we know what it's like yeah. to have success. I think it's great too when you, you can share your goals with people because people can really identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, so like, you know, you get this rapport and stuff. How, uh, I want to ask you one other thing too, like, how do you close these deals? Because I mean, you can build a relationship and everything, but without the close, you have nothing, right? Yes. So I think that's, that's kind of a struggle because obviously a lot of people don't like to sell. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I think it's important for most people is to have a sales process where you don't have to be the hard closer. So that's what we do. That's what we teach people to do. Where you create in the conversation, you're creating an agreement all along through that conversation. Because they know you know through the research you did what they were really looking for and what they're wanting. And then when you're uh, eliciting those things, what they need, what they want, and they're telling you those, and then when you circle back and say, well, I think you should be looking at doing this. Uh, do you think it would solve that problem that you have? Well, yeah, I think it would. Mm-hmm. So you're creating agreement all along, and at the end, it's an easy transition into them wanting to know, well, what would it take for you to do these things for me? So now they're asking you how to get started. And this is presenting the, um, the proposal to them on what that looks like. And getting them to uh, to agree or to say yes to that. Gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, I remember reading. Do you know Rumet Sevi? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, he does like a, a technique. I think it's called future projecting. Where I think he says something really bluntly, like uh, six months ago you were trying to learn about how to make more money. Uh, right now you're trying to learn about how to make more money. Um, do you want to be sitting in the same place six months from now and still be learning how to trying to learn how to make more money, or would you rather, you know, just make more money now? <laughs> yeah, so, something along those lines. Um, I, I guess you could just uh, just to try to get them off the fence and get them to take action. Uh, I think it's pretty effective. I mean, another thing uh, that we do is we do everything based on an exclusivity basis. So we'll um, only work with one, let's say, dentist in one geographic region. <clears throat> and over time, as you get better and better at this, you develop this uh, uh, this base of uh, case studies and success stories, so the results that you actually are able to produce and people are able to vouch for. It. So now you're, uh, you have a proven system for their industry that's going to get the results they're looking for, but you're not going to work, you only work with one person in that geographic region. Oh, okay, so, so you target one, say, what's that? You target like dentists, but you go to different geographical areas? Yeah, so eventually we would want to have a dentist in every major uh, geographic region across the country. Okay. So that if they say no, then that means they're going to admit this on that opportunity and their competitor is going to get it instead. But if they say yes, they get the results that we uh, 
have been proven to produce, and their competitors will get those results. They lock everybody else out. So they get us exclusively in their, their geographic region, which is a big plus for a lot of these business owners. Gotcha. Because that gives them more, uh, more confidence. Now, Kevin, would you say that there's uh, a lot of people out there doing this? Is there still a pretty good opportunity to, to do local marketing? Yeah, I would say there's a uh, evolution that our industry has gone into that any industry goes through. In the beginning, there's very few people doing it. So you just basically go out and talk to anybody, say the right things, and sign them up. So now it's different. There's a lot more people out there doing it. And most business owners have been approached by one, if not a lot of people, about they should be doing online marketing. So you just can't go randomly and just talk to somebody and like, oh, man, I think about it. I need some help with that. Instead, you have to become, become more savvy on how you uh, position uh, yourself and your business. So that's why I think we're going into this evolution where more and more people are going to make the transition into specializing in, in a specific industry. Because now you can position yourself and talk directly to one industry and trying to talk to everybody. And just like position yourself, even if you're brand new, it's going to give you an advantage um, that you, you look different than everybody else out there. And you're going to have a, a little bit greater trust uh, with that business owner. Because at the end of the day, if they have tried other people, what's lacking when you show up is trust. They, they have the desire. In the beginning, you had to create the desire, and they want to work with you. Now that desire is there, but they're, they're lacking in trust because in the past, it might not have worked out. So the, the things that, anything that you can do to build that trust with that business owner so they feel confident working with you is the key to the phase that we're in now. Gotcha. And it just comes from, uh, you mean you meet with them face to face and you build that relationship and ask the right questions and demonstrate that you're an authority? I mean, in our case, we, we do it all virtually. Like we've never met a client in person. It's all done uh, via the phone, email, phone, and one-on-one -on -one webinars. Oh, wow. We do the presentation. So you could be doing this from Bali or Brazil? Picking up clients? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, our uh, our sales presentation is done on join.me. It's a free uh, webinar service where you can have, a, like, a one-to-one -one webinar. You can show your screen. You can do a, a PowerPoint presentation, and you're interacting back and forth. And you do uh, you advertise for these webinars? Uh, no, so that is in place of, like, going to their office and meeting with them one-on-one. -on -one. For the appointment, our appointment is done virtually. Okay. Yeah, somehow I thought that uh, you'd have to be like across the table from them to get them to sign a contract or something like that. I mean, that's how it used to be. Okay. But it's, it's not that way anymore. Do you use an online uh, contract service? Uh, right now we don't. Uh, it's something that we are, are looking into, but it's, it hasn't been a, a like top priority. 
Gotcha. So when, um, when you sell them something, is do you have a front-end product and then you have a, a series of back-end products or, or services that you can also offer to them? Uh, like stay starting with pay-per-click and then also using SEO and other things like that. Um, how, many, how many different services do you have on your back-end? Uh, there's a couple of different ways to go about doing this. Okay. How we do it is we focus just on one service, which is pay-per-click. Because we feel that is the fastest way to get results for clients and to scale out. So we know within a couple of days of launching their campaign, in fact, the day we launch their campaign, they're going to be getting calls and getting customers and making money. Whereas with SEO, there's a much longer uh, cycle to build that up. And then also it's very easy for us to uh, scale that model because a pay-per-click campaign for a dentist in Dallas is very similar to what it's going to look like in Rochester, New York. So it has a lot of scalability uh, because you're doing the same thing for each client. However, there's other people, and then down the road we'll sell other uh, products and services, but that's what we focus on is one service that's specific to that industry. Other people do more of a mixed or a, a full service model approach where they have a collection of services that they implement for that business over the period of time that they're working together. So first month they might start out with um, uh, kind of overhauling their website to make it more uh, the proper things for SEO and also for conversion mm-hmm. and putting in a lead capture process. And then month two is some SEO things, some social media things, some mobile things. And they have this more of a uh, collection of services approach that uh, also works. Uh, it's just not the model that I, I personally use, but there's a lot of people that do use that model. It's more work, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just I mean, different. I mean, you could make more money or you could charge more money doing something like that. Right. You need less uh, lead gen, I think, that way, too, because you're selling new products to existing customers versus new customers to existing products. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, what would you say are some of like the three or the keys to waging a, a successful PPC campaign for these types of businesses that you're, you're working with? I would say... First, it's uh, keywords, so doing the proper keyword research is seeing what do people search for and then how to differentiate, like break those keywords into categories and getting clarity on what do researchers search for and what do buyers search for. So somebody's in research mode, what they're typing in, what they're searching for are going to be a different set of keywords than somebody that's now past research mode and now ready to uh, make a selection and buy something and choose somebody. So you can focus on more of the buying keywords that are going to lead to calls and uh, sales for your, your client. Then next is landing pages. So making sure a big mistake a lot of people do out there and that are doing local marketing, pay-per-click, is this drive all that traffic to the home page? 
And this is also the, the challenge I see with SEO. So you might get ranked for a lot of keywords, but then that usually ends up going to the homepage. So you might get a conversion rate of 3 to 5% of the people that show up that turn into a lead. But if you send them to a target landing page, so if they searched for a specific type of uh, solution that they're looking for, and then the ad spoke directly to that solution that they're looking for, and then they click on the ad and go to uh, the website, and that, that landing page on that website so it speaks directly to that solution that they're looking for. And then there's a special offer for them to pick up the phone and call them or fill out a form and contact them right now instead of leaving and coming back later or choosing somebody else, you're going to create a maybe 30 to 50% conversion rate on that landing page instead of 2 to 5%. 10 times greater. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's basically money they can take to the bank, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the uh, other one of the powers of uh, pay-per-click is you can control where you send that traffic to. Good stuff. So if someone wanted to learn more about all this, uh, they would check out nitromarketing.com or would they go to Lima? Uh, they can go to nitromarketing.com and register for our educational webinar that we have uh, there on the front page. And during that educational webinar, I walk you through the whole business model of local online marketing, what it is, uh, the steps to be successful at it, and takeaways that you can actually go out and apply and use. So we've had people leave that webinar and within 24 hours have their first client that's paid them $1,500. And then if you're interested at the end of the webinar, I uh, tell you our our flagship product uh, that walks you step-by-step how to do this business. It gives you all the training, resources, tools, and everything you need to be successful in business that you can uh, get started at a special deal at the end of the webinar. So people are are taking things away just from the free stuff, too. Absolutely. Like, I I walk through, like, what the business model is. I give, like, how you to uh, get people's interest, how to do the uh, consultative sales presentation, and then how to close them. Awesome. Well, I want to shift gears for one second, and uh, I just want to bring it back to you again um, and your story. And uh, I know you've had a pretty wild lifestyle these past few years. Um, since this focuses on lifestyles, maybe you could tell me about some of the highlights of your uh, lifestyle and adventures. All right. What, uh, <laughs> what would you like to know? Kind of a hard question, huh? <laughs> um, well, you said you've been to Brazil like four times. Uh, would you say Brazil is your favorite country? Uh, yeah, I mean, I say like outside the U.S. I, I just have a uh, love and passion for Brazil, the country, the um, the people, and the energy that it has. I mean, the the, the uh, there's a couple of big differences. One. We are very fortunate here in the U.S. to be given the gift of unlimited opportunity. If somebody has a dream and desire to create a better life for themselves, you can go online and within a few minutes have a business up and running and get started in something new. 
in most other countries, that's not the reality. It's like down in Brazil, starting a business, it was going to take me uh, three to six months of bureaucracy just to have uh, a business set up, which means like for us, it'd be like uh, incorporating a business, which, which we can do online in a couple minutes. So that means they don't have this um, sense of a greater future that we have. So a lot of Americans are very driven for always trying to do more and more and more, achieve more and more, and it's always about something out in the distance that we're striving for. And we do very little time of stopping and enjoying the moment. So if you, this greater future is not as readily present, all you have left is to enjoy the moment. And that's one of the things I love is they live for the moment and they live to connect and embrace and enjoy the people around them. So they're very warm and inviting. They're very fun and passionate. And they, they live for the moment, which is a great experience to have when you uh, grew up in the U.S. where people don't live for the moment. They live for something out in the future that they're always striving for that they never actually achieve because it always keeps moving further and further away the closer they get. Right. That's such a great point. That's, that's one of the reasons why I loved uh, your content, too, because I think I told you before that I was, I was always striving for something. You know, I was striving to hit sales goals and, and sign up a whole bunch of clients and, you know, get to a certain number as soon as, as, soon as possible. And then I realized, you know, I only need, like, three or four clients and I can hightail it to Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like good enough is enough, right? It's such a great learning, it's like a life experience to go live in another country for extended period. Not go there for a week as a tourist, but go there for at least several weeks and get out of the, uh, like, I'm a tourist and actually, like, I'm, I'm a, another person that's here in this country and experiencing the culture and the people and, and what this country is like. For me, it's extremely eye-opening experience to realize that there's a whole different ways of looking at life and the world and how to be than what I grew up and had been used to life here in the U.S. Right. And just looking at life through one lens kind of limits you too, huh? Yeah, it gives you a greater appreciation for, for life in general. Because you have a different lens to look through at, at what's out there. My friend said this great quote once. He said, uh, he's learned through his travels, he's learned how to enjoy food like an Italian, enjoy life like a Brazilian, to love like a Colombian, and to smile like a Thai. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much, Kevin. I know this call is running a little long. I don't want to hold you up too long. Um, shared a lot of great information. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Danny. Uh, always love talking about entrepreneurism and creating the, uh, the future that uh, people want to create for themselves. Yeah, that's, that's all what we're all about, you know, and just kind of handing people off the keys and giving them the tools they need to transform their life. So I'm glad we were able to connect and uh, 
and uh, have this conversation. Thanks so much, Kevin. All right. Thanks, thanks. a lot, Danny. And uh, thanks to, to all your uh, listeners and readers to go out there and do amazing things out there. It's a, a privilege that uh, to be on here to be able to speak to your people. Thanks so much, Kevin. All right. Thanks a lot, Danny. And uh, thanks to, to all your uh, listeners and readers to go out there and do amazing things out there. It's a, a privilege that uh, to be on here to be able to speak to your people that are also on the same path of living an entrepreneurial, lifestyle-driven life. Thank you, Kevin, and best of luck to you.